Amen, amen. I'm so glad that you have joined us here today uh, physically. And for those who are joining us online, thank you so much. We are continuing with our finalizing our sermon series of God's Armor, Equipping Ourselves to Fight Life's Battle. It's based on the book of uh, Ephesians, and I want to be able to reread that because last week we had a missionary, John James, who came and spoke a very powerful word regarding the mat to make sure that we take our mat and we walk in the power of the most uh, almighty God. So knowing just as a refle uh, reflection and refresher, Ephesians 6, beginning on verse 10, the Bible says this, A final word, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood uh, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. The Bible says, Then therefore put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Put shoes, uh, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So today we finalize this series with the sword of the Spirit. When I talk about the, the sword of the Spirit, I want to share a few words as it pertains to the armor of God. Although it can be used defensively, it is the only piece of armor that is intentional, uh, intentional use is offensive, offensively. The same verse tells us in that scripture passage, what is the spirit, uh, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now I want to share a few things regarding the word of God. We have the awesome privilege of being able to own the word of God in the form of the Bible. Whether it be in uh, hard form, like paper form, or in digital, by uh, Bible app and other apps out there. The Bible, there are Bibles for children, for youth, and for adults. There are Bibles that uh, are, are small print, and if you're like mine, it has large print. There are Bibles that have maps and, and, and pictures, and others that have in the New Testament, which is that has the red words, the red letters, when Jesus spoke. There are so many varieties of Bibles, the Word of God, the Spirit, the, the Sword of the Spirit. The Bible consists of 66 different books. It was written by more than 40 uh, different authors from all walks of life, including kings and peasants, philosophers, fishermen, poets, uh, statesmen, scholars, military leaders, a doctor, a tax collector, and the, and the list can go on and on. The Bible was written in three different languages, the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. But today, the Word of God has been translated in many languages, 
In fact, there are different translations in my, in, in, uh, in my study, in uh, the office. One of them in particular has both English and Spanish, so I can just carry it around. If I need to go and preach in Spanish, I'll, I'll preach in Spanish. If I got to do it in English, you know, I have another different translations. According to the Guinness World Record, as of 1995, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time with an estimated 5 billion sold and distributed. And I know that I, I mentioned today that it was a, they have the digital uh, forms of a Bible. But if you're like me or, or a little old school type of thing, I love to be able to hold the Word of God in me. I love to be able to hear the pages turning. And in fact, if you have your own Bible, I'm going to invite you to please turn to the uh, book of uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 4, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. As we continue to talk about the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible says this, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I want to share a few pointers with you based on that scripture reference. The first one is that wisdom comes from God's word. Here in that verse 15, it says that you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Maybe you're a parent here, or you were, you, know, you were raised in a church that had Sunday school and they had VBS. We're so blessed to be able to have a great children's ministry, Kidman, uh, uh, led by Miss Bates and all the volunteers. You may not see them all, but you know, they're in, in this building, there are more than 100 children on a weekend basis receiving instructions from the Word of God. Amen. And we can't do it alone. She can't do it alone. It's the volunteers that come alongside and they become leaders. I still remember my Bible study teacher as I was growing up and how she impacted my life through her faith. And I'm sure that you have your own individual uh, teachers. Maybe it was your, uh, your, your parents. Maybe it was your uncles or grandparents. But you remember those who taught you the Holy Scriptures. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. Can you say wisdom? The wisdom is the ability to discern the best way to live and to make the best choices in life. Another scripture reference is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest and double-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, if we say something that, you know, that something is double-edged sword, you mean that it has negative effects as well as positive effects. Why is that? Because when looking at the scripture that we read in the second Timothy, we're talking about that the Bible is a double-edged sword, and, and so it teaches us, but it also corrects us. And sometimes, if, if truth be told, we don't like it when we're corrected. 
but the truth, the God's word is truth. In Merriam-Webster's dictionary, when we talk about the double-edged sword, it is defined as something that has or can have both favorable and unfavorable consequences. And we know about all that when we are making decisions. And sometimes those consequences are uh, for us, but they, don't, they could also be against us. The Word of God is sharper than the sharpest to a, a double-edged sword. It comes with high standards and expectations, but with the greatest reward. Another point I want to share with you that all Scripture is inspired by God, as shared in verse 16. It refers not only not, not to the writers, but what was written. God used men to write these words. In fact, another scripture reference that's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says this. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. The Word of God is the living Word. Sometimes people say, you know, what, what does it mean by the living Word, that the Bible is the living Word? Have you ever, when you've done intentionally, you open it up and it comes alive at you, depending on what you're going through in life? And sometimes, you know, it helps you out, and then years later, you're going through something else, and you read that same passage, and it helps you out again. It is alive and well. It's trying to help us through our everyday life and how we're able to utilize the Word of God, being intentional about it. It is not just like the armor of God. It does nothing for me if I just purchase a Bible just to say, hey, I got a Bible. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything for me to share that I have five different translations in my office if I don't utilize them. It doesn't mean anything in our lives if we say we're followers of Christ and we are not walking it. The scripture is inspired by God. Earlier today at our eight o'clock service, there was a, a childhood song that says the B-I-B-L-E. Remember that one? B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. All right. So one of the things, one of the things I heard uh, before was there was someone created an acronym for Bible because when we're talking about how God prepares us. So the Bible's acronym is that basic instructions before leaving earth. So God's word prepares us. God's word prepares us for battle. God's word prepares us for, to do ministry, to do outreach, to do mission work, service projects. God's word pre prepares us to make decisions in life. God's word prepares us to fight off temptations. And what better way also to know how Jesus fended off temptations? And I'm not going to go through them, ladies and gentlemen, but if you want to write them down, you can find the story of Jesus being tempted by the devil in either Matthew 4 or Luke 4. The devil tempted Jesus, but Jesus did not fall. He tempted him with the word, of the, the scripture, but Jesus responded with scripture. When we talk about the, the, the sword of the Spirit, we must know how to use, utilize it for our offense. Imagine this. The fiery arrows 
could mean that it is a speech that comes from the wicked. There are times that people, you know, they, they, they've sung, you know, they put it in their head, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, it's like words do hurt. So sometimes those words are like fiery arrows that come towards our way. And we've already established a couple of weeks ago when I, brought, when I put up that shield of faith, the average you know, Roman uh, shield was about 19 pounds. But our faith is to make sure that we are guard ourselves from those fiery arrows that come our way and it's not always in the physical. It is by the wicked speech of people that, that either uh, jealousy uh, or whatever it may be, bitterness, hatred they come towards you so you fend off with your shield and the reason why i bring up the shield is because i felt the lord was leading into have you ever seen movies in the with roman warfare or if you've read uh, stories about them in history when, when they were going into battles those soldiers would pick up that shield and after the shield i've seen in the movies they grab the sword and they cut off the arrows whether the arrows were flaming, you just want to be able to cut them off. It allows them a better flexibility of movement and not having to worry that there's other things that have been added to their faith. So they cut them off with the, uh, with the sword. And what I, what I also received was that the shields got heavier even when they cut it off because the arrowheads were in the shield. But here's the part is that when they would, I can only imagine how they were able after the battle, they'd go and rest and they would see the battle scars. To see all the, all the uh, edges that were either dinged or even the arrowheads that were in the shield, the, the shield became heavier. But when other, other soldiers, when they would see the shield, I can imagine saying, wow, that must have been a great battle. How did you survive that? Because I'm going through uh, to another battle. I'm going to relieve you. What can I prepare for? And it gives them the moment of those soldiers to share their story. Oh, you won't believe it. I saw that arrow coming. I, you know, just a story of preparing the next person who's going to go out to battle. What about in our own spiritual lives? Think about it for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. You've gotten the arrows that gone your way. We encourage you to be able to chop off those arrows from that shield of faith that you have with the spirit, the word, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Those arrows that come your way. And how to be able to defend them? For example, when the devil he did not want, you know, he he tempted Jesus. So if he tempted Jesus, he's certainly going to tempt us. So how can we utilize the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to fend off those, uh, those arrows? We already said that we picked up that shield of faith. So faith, when those arrows come our way, it's holding on, but also cutting off those arrows of the wicked. So when the devil put, uh, tries to put fear in your life to stop you from doing God's will, respond with the Word of God. Respond with the sword of the Spirit. Respond to the devil. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for you are, for God is with me. When the devil tempts you to give up doing the Lord's work, tell the devil, you know, uh, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. When the devil tries to tempt you, 
to tell you that you are not loved. You can respond with the word. Well, devil, the Bible tells me in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, and if he loved the world, he loved me. For those who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how we respond to those arrows that come our way from the devil. Sometimes, you know, how we respond to things in faith and the sword of the Spirit, how we're able to respond to those arrows. I want to make sure that we understand that putting on God's armor is not the only thing we need to put on every day. It's not the only thing we got to do. The Word of God tells us in that Ephesians chapter, chapter 6, 18, the Word of God tells us to pray. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So our last point today is that prayer is where our power comes from. We got to pray, ladies and gentlemen. We can put on that armor, but prayer is regularly described as the activity of the Spirit in the believer. Preparations to withstand, the, the, uh, to withstand attacks must be continuous. It must be continuous. We must always be at the ready. In the midst of battles, there are ways that people can communicate you got one platoon over here communicating with the other. Whether it's through the radio or, or, or just even sending somebody to let them know this is how they're going to go. This is how they're going to flank someone. This is how they're going to move forward. We in our spiritual lives, the body of Christ in our battles, we got to know how to communicate and we should use that communication through prayer. Not only to your battle buddy, the one that's next to you, those who are followers of Christ, but also communicating. We have the great opportunity to communicate with our commander-in-chief, God. To be able to hear from above saying, don't move, stay here for a moment, watch me work or move in this way, or move in the other direction. We need to make sure that, yes, we have the God's armor equipping us to fight life's battle, but we must make sure that there is communication in our lives. If there's no communication, the battles we face will be tougher to fight. I want to share something that throughout this series, I have been attacked in, in different ways. And it feels like it was the devil, you know, moving in different ways, you know, the, the, the things that would come my way. There was at least one moment that I felt that I was like knocked down. Something happened that I, I felt like I was on the ground. And in the midst of that day, I don't know, it's only God, but in the midst of that day, I would either receive a text saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you from another believer. While we're getting an email, just had something, something, I had you in my mind, and I felt like, you know, just praying for you. So I just want to let you know I was praying for you. Have a blessed day or have a great day. Or in person, when someone says, hey, you okay? I mean, you know, can I get something off your plate? Can I do something for you? Ladies and gentlemen, is that those moments that when we feel like we're down and out, when we have felt, you know, the, the, the blow in our lives that come, that, that more than the fiery arrow, that you feel like you're knocked down. Is that those moments through prayer when you get those words of encouragement from another believer of Christ that you know that you are not alone? You are not alone. Even when it feels like it, that you are not alone. 
And you know what? I got to tell you that uh, I, I'm, I'm talking to God. I say, God, you're supposed to be sharing me, you know, the words to me to share so that way they can, I can prepare the congregation to what they got to prepare to go through, not me. Not me. It's for them. Now, but you know what? Most of the time that I've experienced Scripture and through sermons and through the message is that I have to have gone through it myself in order for me to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that just because I hold the position that I do as your pastor and spiritual leader, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm immune from all those temptations, that I'm, I'm immune from the attacks of, of the evil one. But man, it's great when you can, I can hear the, 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 the responses of others, other, other individuals who are in the battle too, saying, hey, I, I'm praying for you, communicating. Do you need anything? Do you need some backup? It's so awesome to be able to receive, knowing that you're not alone. And let me tell you, I hope that I encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, when you feel that you're down and out, you are not alone. We got lay pastors, Stephen ministers, prayer warriors, praying on a regular basis for our church, for those who are not feeling well, for those who are going through things, and sometimes even being there side by side. I'm standing here today because of the armor of God because of the prayers of the people of God, the community of faith, standing in the power of the Holy Spirit and trusting in the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. You are not alone in this battle. And we've come to this conclusion of this series, but the battleground is there every day. So I hope that you don't just dismiss this series as saying it's over so it's done. No, I hope that it's better equipped you to live on a daily basis, to put it on, and know more of how, to, how you've learned how to utilize each piece of armor of God. We must carry the sword. We must learn how to use it. We got to keep it sharpened. It cannot be dull, it cannot be weak, it cannot bend, it cannot break. Meditate on it day and night and do not let it escape from your heart and mind. Do not let it lose its power and purpose. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And to close out this sermon, let us be reminded of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse, 16, verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word, and today, as I mentioned, it is, even though it comes to the conclusion of our sermon series on the armor of God, God, we know that there are battles going to be taking place every day. We have learned how to put on that armor, and not only putting it on, how to utilize every piece of that armor. God, we heard today about the sword of the Spirit, your word. Sometimes we're knocked down, but let it, just like the song also says, but we get up again by your power and by the prayers of other people that we are not alone. 
even though sometimes we feel like it. We pray, Lord, that you lead us and guide us. And I just pray, God, for everyone in this building and for those who are listening online, that the armor of God, even if they feel that they have gotten beaten up, that they have things in their, in their armor, that let those things be the scars, the scars to share the experience to prepare others for battle because of our life's experiences. Help us to guard our hearts, to know that our salvation comes through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Help us each and every day. We can't do this alone by, by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and by the support and prayers of other believers of Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, that concludes the, uh, the, the series. But I do want to share with you at least two of the, uh, uh, the next steps. The first one is to pray every day this week. And I just shared with you a prayer. It's in your program. You want to take it home, put it up in your, in your dresser or in the, on the, the, the kitchen uh, door, the, the kitchen, the, uh, the refrigerator door. It says, God, every day this week, try to pray something like this. God, I have heard about each piece of your armor. As I put it on today, give me the strength and wisdom to keep it on during the battles. And when the battle is over, that I remain standing in your power and truth. And as we speak about prayer, pray for all the life groups that are starting or have already started the, the 24 hours that change the world, spiritual growth campaign study. Throughout this Lenten season, let them also, with the God's armor already placed in their lives, know how to go deeper and to understand what Christ has done for you and for me. Until we see each other again, may God's peace, love, and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit, knowing that you are full of God's arm, with God's armor, to know that you are not alone. Go out there in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and God's people will all say, Amen. God bless.